Welcome to Voices from the Front Lines, your national movement-building show. Wake up and smell the revolution. This is Eric Mann on a a terrible day in history uh, beyond anything we can comprehend, the uh, Israeli genocide, which has been going on since 1947 against the Palestinian people, has reached a new low in which now the Israeli government calling the Palestinian people animals, has said that they basically have come up with the final solution to the Palestinian problem, which is to wipe out all Palestinians. And I mean that, that uh, concept of cutting off water, cutting off electricity, uh, forcing a mass migration inside of Gaza, which has already been a concentration camp, not just an outdoor prison. Uh, I want to start, we're going to ha- fortunately have uh, Michelle Shahada on with us. Good morning, Michelle. Are you there? Good morning, Merrick. Good to hear you, brother. You'll be- so you heard Michelle last week. I wanted him back because his militant voice is just what we need. So I want to start with a couple of things before we go to Amy Goodman's headlines. If there's ever a time to give money to KPFK, I think today is it. I mean it, and, and I would like people to consider, there are very few out there who could give $1,000 or $10,000, and I'm not kidding, 818-985-5735. The conversation on Palestine and Israel is so grotesque that there's virtually nowhere where the anti-Israeli, pro-Palestinian point of view is even allowed. CNN has become a adjunct of the State Department, MSNBC. Even the privileged Harvard students are being singled out by name. Ilhan Amar and Rashida Tlaib, there's motions to drive them out of Congress because they support the Palestinian people and they oppose Israeli genocide. I'm going to talk afterwards a little bit about 
the Jewish tradition of the Jewish anti-imperialists, civil rights veterans of which I'm one, and how we never, ever, ever thought Israel spoke for us. We were always for Palestine. And uh, I'm really glad Michelle is here. So here's how it works. Later on, I do want you to go to the phones, but 818-985-5735. Now, option one is to talk. Option two is to give money to the station. I'm saying to you, on your honor system, don't hit option one if you haven't hit option two. Is that fair? In the middle of this genocide, if you don't want to support the station, and that could be $10, folks. That could be $50. It could be whatever you can afford. But if you don't want to support the station for free speech radio, don't hit option one, and I don't want to hear your opinions. Is that fair? Whether it's fair or not, that's what I'm asking you to do, Okay. Uh, we have to do something, and uh, that's the least we can do. I was listening to Margaret Prescott and her voice, my voice, and this is Eric Mann. I've been in the anti-war movement my whole life. There was an article once by Martin Walzer and Marty Peretz in, in Ramparts called uh, Israel is not Vietnam, you know, <laughs> and they were right. Palestine is Vietnam. Israel is the United States. And they were saying that because all the civil rights and anti-war people were supporting Palestine back then. We knew that movement is not as strong as it is now. And we need desperately. I've never believed in KPFK more than I do this morning. Because even having Michelle on, having us talk like this, you got to understand there is almost, they're squeezing the water and the electricity and the air out of the Palestinian people, and they're squeezing the water and air out of any dissent in this fascist country. With that, 818-985-5735, hit option two first. Is that fair? And let's start giving some serious money to KPFK. All right. Uh, with that, uh, thank you, Gary Baca, for being in the studio with me every morning. And Let's hear Amy Goodman's headlines. I'll make a few other remarks and we'll move to Brother Michelle Shahada. Gaza's humanitarian crisis has deepened after an 11th consecutive day of unrelenting attacks by Israel on the besieged Palestinian territory. Health officials say the latest Israeli airstrikes and artillery fire killed at least 71 people, including attacks on Rafah and three homes in Khan Yunus. The strikes in southern Gaza killed and wounded civilians who'd heeded Israel's order to evacuate the northern half of Gaza since October 7th. Israel's attacks on Gaza have killed 2,800 people, over a third of them children. A figure does not include an estimated 1,000 additional Palestinians trapped under rubble of homes and businesses with no water allowed in Gaza and no fuel for desalinization plants. Residents have been forced to tap Gaza's only aquifer, which is contaminated with sewage and seawater. Fears are growing over the spread of disease as garbage piles up and sewage goes untreated. The UN reports 20 of 23 hospitals in Gaza are only partially operational with critical shortages of fuel to run generators needed for life-saving medical devices. Painkillers have run out, blood banks are running low. The World Health Organization says among those most at risk are 84,000 pregnant women in Gaza. As of Tuesday afternoon, the sole cross 
crossing point between Egypt and the Gaza Strip in Rafah remains closed, with Israel continuing to deny entry to a caravan of aid trucks lined up on the Egyptian side. This is Mariam, a British-Palestinian girl whose family spent days trying to escape Gaza. I'm, like, really in fear. And, like, every, every time I just have to have the thought of me dying in a bomb in Gaza, like, it's, it's not a good thing. And, like, every place I go, I go run away and I just find bombs and I find dead people. And, like, maybe one day I'll end up like them, but it's a really scary thing for me. <laughs> More than 1,400 Israelis have been killed by Palestinian militants, most of them killed October 7th, when Hamas launched its surprise attack. On Monday, Israeli officials said 199 people are being held hostage by Hamas, about 50 more than previously reported. Over the weekend, hundreds of protesters gathered outside Israel's defense ministry in Tel Aviv, demanding an end to the violence and the safe return of the hostages. The United Nations Security Council has rejected a draft resolution calling for a humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. The resolution was introduced Monday by Russia and won the support of Gabon, Mozambique, the United Arab Emirates and China. Six countries abstained, while France, Japan, the United Kingdom and the United States voted against the ceasefire resolution. This is Russia's ambassador to the U.N., Vasily Nabenzia. Today, the entire world waited with bated breath for the Security Council to take steps in order to put an end to the bloodletting. But the delegations of the Western countries have basically stomped on those expectations. This week, Russian President Vladimir Putin is traveling to Beijing for talks with Chinese President Xi Jinping. Over the weekend, China's foreign minister said Israel's war on Gaza had gone, quote, beyond the scope of self-defense, unquote, and amounted to collective punishment, which is a war crime. Um, where do we start? I think we start at 818-985-5735 and take option two, and we have to give a lot of money. Thank you to Amy Goodman for the amazing work she does. And that young girl may be dead by the time you give your money. The Israelis are first telling people to flee and then bombing them as they're fleeing. Uh, so... If I can just take a few minutes to talk about a little historical context. The first thing to understand is that I'm a Jew, uh, a pro-Palestinian Jew, and the United States has always been a fascist country. Uh, what kind of country, is, if you understand it's a white settler state, the reason why most people in the United States support Israel is because they support the concept that you can take other people's lands uh, and settle on them and then call it your own. The, the uh, Europeans, if you can imagine, 100 million people came across the Bering Strait in other ways to build civilizations in the Americas over 16,000 years. And the Europeans wiped out 90% of them in one hundred years. So Catholicism, European imperialism, capitalism, 
all and genocide all grew together as one from the very, very beginning. In my opinion, uh, Europe has always been imperialist. And whether it's feudal or capitalist or monopoly capitalism, the fundamental genocidal imperialism began in the <laughs> from the beginning of Christianity in whatever economic form it took. So that's one point. The second point is, do you think Franklin Roosevelt wanted to free the Jews? Do you have any understanding that the Russians, and thank the Russians right now for all you anti-Russians, on the next show you're going to hear all this anti-Russian stuff. How? Why are Russia and China getting together to try to figure out what the hell to do that Israel has a nuclear weapon? But let's go back to Roosevelt just for a minute. Um, when Hitler came to power in 1933, the Soviet Union realized it made a mistake in the World Communist Parties. They had underestimated Hitler. They even had the arrogance to say, after Hitler, us, only to realize that they were going to be put in concentration camps because the communists were armed. The communists were the only people who could stand up to the Nazis. But the Nazis had the full support of the United States. Let's be very clear. Both factions. Roosevelt did not want to get involved in this war until Pearl Harbor. And that's one reason Pearl Harbor happened, because the Japanese knew, and they didn't deserve to do that. That's my point. But they knew the United States was eventually going to come in to sort of pick up all the crumbs of all the dead people and take over Europe as well, which is what they did. Six million Jews were killed because England cut a deal with Nazi Germany because Roosevelt was not, it was a terrible anti-Semite. So during that whole period, the Jews were involved in a fight against Nazism only to know that the United States planned to unite with the Nazis as soon as the war was over. You've got to understand this. The United States had a temporary alliance with the Soviet Union and a strategic alliance with the fascists. They were forced into war with the fascists. But like my mom said, where did all the fascists go after the war? They're not in Germany. They're not in the United States. They just evaporated. Half of them are here, Eric, and the other half are in Germany. So I come out of that anti-fascist understanding Second thing you understand is that the Jews of my generation, we were not the children of the, well, we were the children of the pogroms and the children of the Holocaust. We had not gone through it. But out of that experience and out of the socialist and communist traditions, just think about this. When the United States was committing genocide against black people, as it still does, and it was going on in Mississippi, a thousand white people agreed to go. Of those thousand white people, 500 were Jews. Well, we're only 3% of the U.S. population. That is beyond any number that you can comprehend, except the fact that the Jews were the best white people. But we're still white. But <laughs> that's a complicated story in itself because, as you know, the white people put us in the concentration camps. My point is that the Jews who went down south, the Jews who stayed up north, the Jews who supported, supported 
the black movement, the Jews who were against the war in Vietnam, they saw Israeli genocide against the Palestinian people since 1947. So today, I want to thank Jewish Voice for Peace that is apparently having a big demonstration this Saturday in Washington. I call on every Jew who supports the self-determination of the Palestinian people to call 818-985-5735 and you know, put a little bit of your money on the line when other people's lives are on the line. You you cannot not call this station right now and say you're supporting voices from the front lines. So in that context, I just want to read uh, uh, one statement. Uh, let's see if I can find it. If not, it, it, it uh, well, I can paraphrase it. The Israeli government has said that since Hamas, since Hamas came out of Palestine, that and since the vast majority of people, or what they think in Gaza, support Hamas, therefore the murder of all of the Palestinian people is uh, consistent with international law. I repeat that Hamas, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Gaza must be punished. Every one of them is a, is essentially uh, a legitimate target of Israeli genocide. Now, Biden is going to the Middle East to try to make some mediation with the Israelis, saying, please don't occupy. Well, he's... Let's be very clear. Biden's going right now because he's terrified that Saudi Arabia is now moving closer to Iran, that the that everything that the Israelis do in the Middle East, everybody knows is the U.S. So pathetic Biden, who's killing black people in this country, he is not going to help the Palestinian people. He's giving advice to Israel. Kill a lot of them, but not all of them. Uh, bomb them, but don't bomb everyone. They're already in a concentration camp. You don't need to occupy it. That's his. That's the left wing of imperialism. So Biden is not going to the Middle East and to to help the Palestinian people. He's there to buttress Israel, who is the United States in the Middle East, and is now so powerful that it can tell the United States to go to hell. We have our own nuclear weapons. We have people in your country who are agents of us. We control your Congress. So Biden, F off. And that's truly what the Israelis are going to tell him. So that's a few of my thoughts. 818-985-5735. I'd like to have this be the biggest fundraising day that Voices from the Frontlines have ever had. You know I always push in the fund drive. But this is a vote against genocide. You cannot be listening to this and not call 818-985-5735, take option two. And I'm going to decide not to go to the phones because, listen to me carefully, you're going to go to the phones by giving money. I, I just can't have people calling into free speech radio. I don't know if you've given the money. If you have, I swear, send me an email at eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com. Eric at voicesfromthefrontlines.com. Say, Eric. I heard the show. I gave money. You will be on next week. 
Is that a deal? You will be on. But until then, the only thing to do is 818-985-5735. Stand up against genocide, against black people, against indigenous people, against the people of Vietnam. And right now, stand up against the mass murder of people that were already in prison. One more thing. I've been asked by listeners, well, what do you think about what Hamas did? As if I'm supposed to um, either justify it or support it. I'd rather say it a different way. The Israelis have left the advocates of Palestinian self-determination no other options. Are you going to have free elections with people who are in a concentration camp? The Israel will not let humanitarian aid, will, you hear me, will not let humanitarian aid into Gaza. When there were humanitarian ships brought to help Gaza, the Israelis killed them. A UN resolution? There have been hundreds of them, and the genocide continues. Uh, Negotiations between the Arab world and Israel, it's a joke. So rather than asking me what do I think of Hamas, I ask you, what do you think of yourself? What the hell would you do under these circumstances? What option would you have? What's the better option for the Palestinian people? When you have one, please tell them. Because they didn't know that you were so smart, that you knew what they should do. When people are desperate, they do what they have to do. That's what I think. 818-985-5735. This is Eric Mann. You're on Voices from the Frontlines. Hit option two and give the largest contribution you can to KPFK. So, my friend, Michelle Shahada, you were on last week. Thank you for listening to me. Any thoughts on what I said? And then please tell us, I have some questions for you, but first tell us what's on your mind and what's in your heart. Well, thanks for having me, Eric. Uh, Glad to be here. Glad to listen to you because you are one of the, one of the few people. Uh, There is, there is uh, an echo on the, on the voice. I cannot speak. Um, maybe... Let me try it this way. Wait, wait, are you you still hearing a... Wait, Michelle, are you still hearing a voice? Yes. All right, hang up, and Gary, will you call him back? We're going to try one more time, Michelle, okay? And if if it doesn't work, the sec... Hang up, we'll call you back, and if you still get the echo, just keep talking, okay? Okay. So hang up, and, uh... Uh, Gary Bach is going to call you right back, and we'll figure it out. So in that time, 818-985-5735. You know, when I listen to Margaret Prescott sometimes, I think, God bless you, Margaret. You know, your rage, your rage, your rage. Uh, I'm pretty good, but you are in a league of your own. But today I think I can match you because— I really feel like I'm going to die in those bombs. Do you understand that girl is saying uh, what I may die? But she's not abstract. The person next to her died. 500,000 pregnant women, they're going to try to kill the babies in their womb. So what do we do? 
we have something to do. I mean, mainly look for Palestinian groups. Mainly look for Jewish groups that are, go find every group that's trying to fight this genocide and support them all. I mean that. And the only reason I know about the Jewish Voice for Peace, I am a member and I got uh, a, uh, you know, I got an email. But folks, this is the greatest crisis in our lives, I think. I really mean it, a mass murder taking place with the United States actively involved in it. Margaret points out all the money that Israel has. You know, don't talk about why there's no money for the ghetto and there's no money. There's plenty of money. There's a trillion-dollar defense industry that is the war industry that's trying to take over the world. They, they get what's left over. The middle class doesn't need it. The whites don't need it. <laughs> They're doing fine in this system. It's the blacks, Latinos, indigenous, and there's never money for them, right? There's never money for them. The money is created to keep the U.S. empire not just alive, but controlling the entire world. And yes, that's a terrible burden that you have to take over the whole world. So is Michelle back on? Yes. How are you doing, brother? Is, I hope this is better. I'm doing, um, yes, but it's better now. Stay with where you were talking. If you can remember, yeah, well, yes. Um, well, I was I was uh, thanking you for being one of the very few voices who speaks on the situation uh, on Palestine from the right place. You know, forget the details. On the you come from you framed it right when you spoke. You asked the the right questions. And and you came from an anti-imperialist place that sees the truth because you're solid in your opposition to imperialism. You're solid in your position about genocide, about all the struggles for justice against black, against uh, indigenous people anywhere. That's why you got it right. And I'm glad to be on your program speaking to you. Now, to go to the situation, i like to also continue from where you left it. Please, please do. The, history, the, the historical context that you tried to put the situation in Palestine uh, in, in, in that context, because that's, that's the way to think. Because events in Palestine did not start from two weeks ago. That's right. People cannot just see it as 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 an isolated event that just happened and then build their own positions based on that. That's wrong. That's right. Because the situation in Palestine has been happening since at least the Balfour Declaration. That's right. When Britain gave the land of Palestine to the Zionist movement when it wasn't its own to give. And then the Zionist movement came to Palestine and started organizing their own gangs who committed atrocities, who committed genocides, who committed um, a lot of killing. There is more than 70 massacres that the, the, the Zionists have committed against the Palestinians before 1948. That's correct. 
And during 1948, the most famous is the, the Dar Yassin massacre and the Pantura massacre, or people don't know about that. And also, since 1948, the, Palest the Palestinians also had their own resistance to that. Prior to 1948, during 1948, and after 1948, and Hamas, uh, as, as they try to portray it as the perpetrator of, of atrocities and, and, and they are vilifying it, did not come to, to, to the picture until 1980, uh, until in, in the mid 1980s. But the situation in Palestine before Hamas have always been that way. That's right. Israel has always been killing Palestinians. Uh, Israel has been always uh, incarcerating Palestinians. Israel has been always taking Palestinian land for their own, stealing it from their. Uh, uh, from their owners, pushing people out of their homes, like like you heard about the situation in the neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah, when the settlers came to the neighborhood and started pushing people out of their homes to take it. That's right. You know, and and Israel and the Zionist movement, even before Israel, have always operated under the adage of this is a land without people to a people without a land, meaning the Zionist movement have always worked to eradicate the Palestinian people, to ethnically cleanse them from their land, and bring the settlers in their stead. Exactly the same way that the settlers in Australia against the Aborigines That's right. functioned, and the same way the settlers in North America functions against the indigenous people of America, against the Native Americans. Michelle, could you I uh, just want to elaborate on one point you made about the Balfour sure. Declaration. Uh, the Zionist movement has always been tied to uh, imperialism and colonialism because in 1914, when it was passed, I believe, uh, the world was taken. There were no empty lands. And the Zionist movement was a tiny movement inside the Jewish community at that time. Most of the Jews were socialists, communists, or secular Jews. But what the Zionists figured out is you can't get land without getting one of the colonies. There was a movement at one point to give a country in Africa to the uh, Zionists. I mean, they were negotiating for any land, but they wanted Palestine. So they began secret uh, settlements and buying up land and stealing people's land and, as you were saying, killing people way before 1948. And when the British had any ambivalence about this, any, not because they cared, they started going to war with the British because the British didn't want to give them all of Palestine. Do you think that's right, Michelle? And back to you. To, to confirm and to add to what you just said, the Zionist movement it did not start with the Jews, as as people think. The Zionist movement was originally a Christian movement <laughs> that tried to control Palestine during the Crusaders' time, when they, the Crusaders came, armies came from Europe and occupied Palestine. 
and stayed in Palestine for more than 200 years, and then they got defeated and left. Hmm. Then Napoleon came to Palestine, and he got defeated by, by the Palestinians, and after he realized that he got defeated, he did in that, that in the 1800. He put out the, the first call calling on the Jews and the Jewish community to come around by Palestine and uh, uh, France would help them achieve their goal. But the Jewish community and the, the Jews of the world were not ready for, for, for that. But again, in the, in the turn, at the end of the, of the uh, you know, at the beginning of the 1900, when the Zionist movement was established in Basel, they, the, the West, basically, wanted to achieve uh, their goals when they failed in the past by military, is by using the Jews to control Palestine. Right. And the Jews were the fuel of of the Zionist movement. The Zionist movement is, is, is the imperialist ambitions of the West with the Jewish face right now, the modern one. That's a and good the way. Jewish community who ran away from the pogroms in Russia, who, who tried to escape Nazism and Hitler, you know, they saw, they saw in this movement a way to, to, to uh, you know, safety and to, to save themselves, not knowing the true intentions of the West using them and the true intention of the Zionist movement, who at the beginning, if you read, if you read the Herzl book about the Jewish state, he pitched himself and the Zionist movement as being colonial because he wanted the colonial powers at that, at that time, and Britain in particular, to help the Zionist movement achieve its goals. And the Jews didn't care if they find land in Palestine or anywhere else, but the West wanted them to be in Palestine because that's where they, that's a part of the world they wanted to control. Hold it right there, because that's great to say that Zionism is imperialism with a Jewish face. I never heard that. That's why I have you on. Let's go to the present. But the reason Michelle and I are doing this is, you have to study this long, long history, and this is the first time I heard it. You know, uh, going back to the you know the the uh, so-called Crusades, terrific. Uh, let's go to the present. Uh, help me understand something about Egypt, Iran, and Saudi Arabia for a minute. What are there? Are there any forces? Notice that China and Russia are trying to help the Palestinian people. By the way, for all of you going to listen to this invasion of the Ukraine stuff. Uh, just take a minute to think about what's really going on. What, what do you see as the international balance of forces, and what's the immediate thing, not that can be done, what is going to be done? Well, what, what's going to be done, and the only thing that could be done to get out of this situation is for Israel and the West to recognize Palestinian rights and help them get their justice. Without that, there'll be no end, because the situation has been going on That's right. for decades. Now, it's a special time, because now, after, you know, after World War II, the U.S. And, and Europe 
were, con- uh, were controlling the whole world. That's they right. Were, they were the hegemon, and especially after the collapse of the Soviet Union. Right. Now, the situation is changing. The world is moving from a unipole, um, you know, the power of the United States as the only hegemon in the world, into a multipole where other uh, powers are, are, are rising uh, on, the interna- on, the, on the international scene like China, like Russia, and like India, like Brazil. That's right. Uh, you know, yes. And, and regional powers also who doesn't want to be controlled by the U.S. anymore, like, like, like Iran, you know, and that's why the U.S. Uh, hate Iran that's and right. want to destroy it because Iran, before uh, the, the, the Iranian revolution, was when the Shah of Iran was that's in right. power, was a Western base. Uh, the Shah was uh, a functionary of, of uh, U.S. and Europe's imperialism in the region. And when Iran was lost, they lost a, you know, a big base. And, and they wanted to destroy it from the beginning. But Iran and the Iranian people want their own independence. They want to control their own destiny and, and their own resources, the same as many Arabs who got destroyed. For example, Iraq got destroyed because right. they wanted to go into the same path. Libya was destroyed because they wanted to go the same path. Sudan was part. Uh, partitioned and destroyed because they wanted to go the independence path. And the Palestinian people are facing the same situation because they are fighting for their own rights. Let me tell you something. When they say, when they say that Israel has the right to defend itself, look at the situation from the reality. Israel is the occupier. Israel is in, a, is in an attack posture for being the occupier. So how could the occupier have the right to defend itself against the occupied? It's the other way around. International law always said that the occupied has the right to self-defense. It's like the, the way the West and the media in the West and the government in the West pitch and frame the situation to the American people like, like when the Antifada, the uprising of Warsaw, when the Jews use weapons against the Nazis to defend themselves, it's like saying the Nazis have the right to defend themselves against the violence of the Jews in Warsaw. And Gaza is modern-day Warsaw. Gaza, who has been besieged uh, since since two, two, 2008, besieged completely. There is three layers of walls around Gaza, and there is always military bases around Gaza, including, by the way, those settlements around Gaza are done in such a way and located and posi- positioned in such a way that they have a military purpose. Well, let me Gaza, ask you this, Michelle. I mean, one, one, no, you're doing great. Um, I just want to go to our listeners, and I want to have two thoughts and write back to you. Uh, 818-985-5735. You're listening. And one of the values of history is it does give you a little hope, which I'll get to in a minute in the middle of this. But the hope this minute 
is to somehow stop the Israeli massacre of the people they already had in prison. <laughs> so to murder your prisoners and claim that it's in self-defense is uh, beyond insulting to human intelligence, but imperialism has a logic of its own. So 818-985-5735, option two, come on, for I mean it, I'm not, back in the day we had people in the room, they would run in and say, Eric, they got this, she just gave this money, she just gave that money. We don't have it today because KPFK is so understaffed that it has to go into this one line. But please, you know, I will get the numbers. And I'm taking, uh, you know, a lot of you write to me. You're great people. I get up in the morning to come out and talk to you. And I'm trying as much as possible to do it in studio. Because even though I'm in studio, it's different if I pre-record, which I can sometimes. I'm here in studio because I want you to feel the passion of my voice. I want you to hear Michelle. But right now, the central thing, and I mean that, this conversation, I mean, we're gonna, we can get in trouble for this, folks. Don't think that this is not being listened to in so-called free speech radio inside of a, a military dictatorship that we live in. So don't take KPFK for granted. It's in a lot of trouble, folks. It really is. It's, it's probably beyond the scope of your money to solve it in the way that it needs. But 818-985-5735, option two is your only option right now. Uh, Michelle, I want to throw one idea to you and and, uh, and build on your point about the multipolar world, which the United States is terrified of. Eric, can I say one Please, more? Oh, you can say three more things. It's your show. Go ahead. Yes, I, I want to I wanna pitch to my community also and the region to yes. call the station and give money because what would you hear a Palestinian speak except here on KPSK. Where, where would you hear the voice that is telling the truth about Palestine except in Eric's show and in KPSK? So please, for my community who are listening, call and give as much as you can. Thank you, Michelle. And now, go ahead, Eric. 818-985. You heard Michelle. I mean, folks, this is a genocide happening right in front of our face. It's not abstract. 818-985-5735, option two. I want to come home, please. I mean, my investment in this show is to believe you're out there. And you got to knock it out of the park today, okay? I mean, we're talking about thousands of dollars we have to raise for the station, mainly for Michelle's voice to be on. You know, I had him on last week. I wanted him back because he has that edge, that historical understanding. Um, so back to you. You had two other points, Michelle. Okay. So, uh, you, you were going to ask me something. With oh, yes, to yes. The, the question I'm saying is that I'll tell you a moment of thought of long-term optimism because we're both historians. China is real. China has nuclear weapons. Russia is a friend of the third world. You better understand that. Russia is being encroached upon, not attacking. Russia is attacking the last country. Uh, it's, uh, just picture Ukraine is NATO, and that's why the United States is giving so much money to the Ukraine and not to the black community. Uh, 
uh, Channing Martinez last night in working on his talk is saying South Central Los Angeles is Gaza, surrounded by police, no jobs, houselessness, mental illness, impoverishment at a level you can't even understand. A once proud people with twenty five with twenty five percent of the population still proud, but do you understand that? There were 750,000 black people in L.A. in 1970. There's 350,000 now. Where did 400,000 black people go? 400,000. Some went to the so-called Inland Empire. Some have gone to Palmdale. A lot of them are sleeping on somebody's couch in Atlanta, in Detroit. A lot of them are on the street. So this is not abstract. Uh, You know, most white people in L.A., you don't even know about South Central Los Angeles, let alone Palestine. But for those of you who do, you have this moral responsibility. The biggest point of today's show is to give a lot of money to KPLK. As Michelle said, as a vote of confidence in the Palestinian resistance, for them to know in a tiny way that some people in the United States are really on their side. 818-985-5735. Option two is your only option. Back to you, Michelle. Uh, what, what I wanted to say... Oh, I'm sorry. Here's my, I'm oh, sorry. I, I want to ask this question. Um, Go ahead. Is it true, the, the long-term hope is between Brazil, Iran, it's a very large country, by the way, China and yeah. Russia, Cuba, Venezuela, but the most important thing is what's happening with the relatively conservative uh, governments in many of the uh, Middle East countries that seem to be at least trying to find greater independence from the United States that might be a long-term ally of the Palestinian people. Could you just briefly explain, I mean, that could be seven shows, but some of the dynamics going on. Well, let let, let me say that the, the, the ultra-conservative and, and what I call the reactionary Arab regimes in the, in the area, the Arab reactionary regimes, who the Palestinian people know they are not their friends, and right. who, by the way, are friends of the United States right. and part of its uh, policies in, in, in the region. Those together, although they show different, like they have different functions in a, in a, in a solid uh, policy and approach, with regard to Palestine, they want to end the Palestinian uh, question and struggle in such a way to, to leave them in power, because they know that the Palestinian struggle for, for liberation and for justice is an inspiration to their own people to one day Very interesting. those people will rise, will rise against their own regimes, and that's what will happen. The Palestinian people is an inspiration to people everywhere That's right. to rise against imperialism, to rise for justice, and to rise for freedom. And that's why the, the intensity of hate, the intensity of, of um, Very violence, good point. I would say, that, that the West is, is approaching the Palestinian struggle in such a way. Look at the American media and, and the, the, the Western media how they frame Hamas, for example. How they, Michelle, I want to, if you could hold it a minute. 
we, we normally don't take, I said I'm not going to take calls, but we have a Rebecca from North Carolina. We got to take a call from North Carolina and hope it's a good sure. one. So I'm going to listen to Rebecca. How are you? And thank you for calling. You're on with Eric Mann and Michelle Shahada. This is Voices from the Frontlines, 90.7 FM on KPFK. Thank you for calling, Rebecca. What's up? Oh, hello. Hello. Oh, my goodness. I've never been on before. Yes, I wanted to commend you for the for finally, finally expressing the plight of the Palestinians. I've been finding their history, uh, following their history for years. And I can't believe this is coming out now. I know the KPFK does try to touch on the subject as much as they can, but there is nothing on any kind of media that uh, expresses anything about the Palestinians. And I'm just thrilled, as I said, I'm, I've got goosebumps when I'm hearing the stuff that I'm hearing now. I'm so, so excited for the Palestinians, and I hope the movement enlarges. I hope so for the Palestinian people. Rebecca, that's beautiful. How did you get to be, are you listening online? I am. I'm, I'm listening, and I, and I appreciate Amy Goodman, too, for her stance on Palestine, her being Jewish, and all these other Jewish people that are coming forward the Palestinians. Rebecca, uh, thank I, I just, I'm just so, I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled I could cry for the Palestinians. Hey, Rebecca, um, I'm so glad we took your call, okay? Um, one more question. Uh, who are you right now? You're in North Carolina? I'm in South Carolina right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. South Carolina is uh, still far away. Uh <laughs> What do you want to do to help? Whatever I can. Whatever, whatever I can do to help. And I'm in a small town now, and there isn't much going on, but I'm going to move, and I'd like to move to an area where I can take a stance and stand up for them. Come to uh, L.A., and you I, can work with the Strategy Center, and you can work with Michelle. Um, okay. Would you be willing to call 818-985-5735 and take option two? And give what whatever level you can afford, so people would know that Rebecca from North and South Carolina called because she was heartbroken. And yeah, we talk, we try to channel the Palestinian people here. We're not on their side. For me, I am them. I want you to understand that I am them. Mm-hmm. They're not <laughs> even my allies. I am black. I'm Latino. I'm indigenous. I'm a Jew. But when I'm in those communities, I feel like I am them. And mm-hmm. when they speak, I listen. So would you be willing to make a small contribution to the station? I will. I'll call back. I will when I'm able to. I'm on Social Security right now, but I definitely will. And if I win the lottery, they're going to get half of it. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Don't buy too many tickets. Just, uh, But thank you, Rebecca, for calling. I want to go back to Michelle, okay? Thank you okay, so much no, for calling. You. I'm very generous. All right, Michelle, go ahead. Well, what I wanted to say is that the the, the, the Palestinians, the Palestinian resistance is sanctioned by international law. People need to know that. International law gives the right, That's right. To, any, uh, to any people under occupation, under military occupation, to, to resist by any means available for them to gain and achieve their liberation and their freedom. The Palestinian people are just doing that against a garrison colonial 
a, a racist apartheid state of Israel because in the West Bank, if, if you go and look, there is Jews only streets, there is Jews only towns and, and settlements, uh, and Palestinians cannot even go there and approach it. So it's an apartheid, it's a separation. There is a law for the Palestinians and another law for Israelis. This is uh, one thing. So the Palestinians are fighting for just equality, for their right to be, to live in dignity, to live, to control their own destiny. And, and let me tell you something. They keep saying that the Palestinians uh, only use violence. But in 1993, the Palestinians have agreed to the Oslo Accord whereby this accord, which was backed uh, by Clinton at the time, you know, the, 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 the photographs of Yasser Arafat and Rabin shaking hands became right. history, and the Palestinians have accepted to live on 18% of their uh, ancestral homeland, right. to have a state on 18% give the rest to Israel. They accepted that. They recognized Israel, and Israel does not recognize the Palestinian people's right to, to live independently. For 30 years, since also uh, agreement, the Palestinians have, did not resort to any kind of resistance, violent resistance. They waited, uh, you know, for, 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 for the accords, for the Oslo Accords to be, <sighs> to be done peacefully. And Israel kept taking the land. Israel kept building settlements. Israel kept ethnically cleansing the Palestinians. So what would the Palestinians do? Israel was besieged uh, like, like, uh, like the air cannot enter uh, Gaza without Israel allowing it to go in. Water, electricity, rights, you know that. Food, medicine, everything is not allowed into Gaza right now because Israel has a total blockade and total besiege of 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 um, of Gaza, and so the Palestinians had to do something. So they they went out of the three layers of walls to open to break that siege. That's right. And and got and and they and they, you know, had a beautiful, in my opinion, uh, a heartwarming victory. And all the lies about them killing babies. Which, which now the West is redacting. You know, the, the White House have put a statement saying that the killing of babies and, and, and raping a woman, they have no proof, <sighs> no evidence of that at all. But the, but the lie, the AI videos have been, they've been constructed to lie and, and, and to put out these falsehoods, uh, got people, you know, the people believed it. And in the social media, they started to uh, perpetuate these, these things. The left did not stand in America, did not stand and do what they're supposed to do. That's right. To expose these lies. Now, you know, the, the, the truth is becoming as, as Israel is bombing Gaza, killing more, more civilians. Uh, I mean, there are 600 babies that have been killed. More than 300 women have been killed. And, and, and it's not... Uh, as if it is legitimate target. Yesterday, Israel have put out uh, a warning 
and actually a demand for a hospital to, to, to empty itself and to leave the hospital because they want to bomb the hospital. Right. A hospital with, with people there is either wounded or, or um, you know, suffering or have diseases or, you know, they just, it's a hospital. And people there are, are being there to give care. And Israel has been killing medical staff, attacking medical <sighs> ambulances, killing journalists with the press sign right, on them. That's right. There, there is so many journalists have been killed. Even in Lebanon, they killed another journalist who was there trying to cover uh, the news and and, and tell. Also, Michelle, I want you to have the. La- I want to uh, make an appeal that we have three minutes left. You take the next last minute, and I want to take two to tie it up, okay? Yes. What's your last thought <laughs> of, last of thought thousands? Is, my last thought is this. People will ask me, how do you know the truth? I said, if you go there, so many hundreds of journalists are on the ground covering with a live camera covering the situation. The truth is out there. All you have to do is go and, and, uh, and see it, listen to it, or go there on your own and find out. But don't believe the lies of the, the, the American media, mainstream media, who lied at you in Iraq, who lied at you in Vietnam, who lied at you in, in Afghanistan, who lied at you in Ukraine, and is lying at you and Palestine, how many lies you need to discover that it has been lies later on and feel sorry for yourself. You need to find out the truth right now. The voice you just heard, the wonderful voice, is Michelle Shahada, who's the general coordinator of the Free Democratic Palestine Movement. This is Eric Mann in the last minute or two. I think almost all our listeners, uh, and again, the listener asked me, what do I think about the murders in in uh, uh, the war in Israel that uh, the Palestinians have had to carry out. I hope I answered that question to you. But let me say this. Uh, 62% of white people in the United States voted for Donald Trump. Uh, when the United States was formed, uh, the thing you just said, another fact, is that on Camp David... The Palestinians agreed to take only 18% of their own country, and that's what happened to the indigenous people. Every treaty they signed, thinking they had bought peace, but the United States wanted every inch of land, and they wanted every Indian dead. So 818-985-5735, option two. Come on, folks, let's knock this out of the park. Let's give a vote of confidence to Michelle's heart is breaking, but... uh, is still fighting, you know what I mean? That's what we do. Our heart is breaking, but we still fight. The Palestinian people, how in the hell they have maintained any level of morale because the effort of Gaza is to destroy the will of the people and then to destroy them physically. Uh, we got to do something. The reason I want to focus on KPFK it's because of the media blackout, folks. This is one of the few places we can even talk about it. 818-985-5735. Michelle, I'm going to have you on a lot because this ain't going away, okay? Take good care of yourselves. All power to the people. This is Eric Mann. 
You're on Voices from the Front Lines, even in South